You're listening to a Stranger podcast. www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Podcast. It's been a week. What can I possibly add? to the commentary, the euphoria, the schadenfreude of the last week. Really, there's nothing to say. I am, as so many of you are, as everyone I know is, ecstatic over the moon, at the re-election of Barack Obama, at the going down in flames of the GOP's team rape, all the pro-rape, rape babies are a gift from God, rape is a method of conception. All those motherfuckers went down to defeat. Democrats picked up two seats in a Senate. They were expected to lose marijuana legalized uh, at the ballot box in Colorado and Washington State. Also in Washington State, we have a new state motto, welcome to Washington State, where you can get married, get high, and if somebody doesn't like it, he can get fucked. That's going to be uh, at the airport when you fly in to see your relatives if, you've, uh, if you're coming home for Christmas, coming home to Washington State. Marriage. Oh, my God. After 32 straight victories for the haters and the bigots, for the Brian Brownses and Tony Perkinses and Maggie Gallagherses, we won all four. Brian Brown, head of the National Organization of Marriage, was predicting going into last Tuesday's elections that we would lose all four. We won. Marriage equality comes to Maine, Maryland, and Washington State by a public vote at the ballot box, through the ballot box. And in Minnesota, where just a few weeks ago I went to Winona State University and predicted that we would lose, I was in the fight. I helped raise, I think, over $13,000 on my trip to Minnesota during the campaign. Terry and I personally donated $5,000 to the marriage campaign in Minnesota. I thought we would lose though and the polls didn't look good but we fucking won. It didn't bring marriage to Minnesota but it kept an anti-gay marriage ban out of the Minnesota state constitution. We have a fight left in Minnesota and we are going to fucking win there. I am – I am ecstatic. I have been calling Terry my hickbay for a long time which as everyone who listens to the show knows stands for husband in Canada, boyfriend in America. And now I get to amend that. He's the Hick Awa Bay, which stands for husband in Canada and Washington, boyfriend in America, because DOMA still stands. A lot of people were saying in the wake of last week's vote that we had won, that it was over. It's not over. The Defense of Marriage Act is still federal law. Marriage is legal now in nine states, hopefully California soon. 15% of the country lives in states where marriage equality is the law. And if California comes through, If the Supreme Court allows the decision overturning Prop 8 to stand, 30 percent of the people of this country will live in a state that allows same-sex couples to marry just like all other couples. And if we can repeal DOMA, if the Supreme Court declares DOMA unconstitutional or if we can get a DOMA repeal through Congress, then we are winning. (laughs) We're winning anyway. And you know, there's something I want to get off my chest. That's actually something I want to launch here on the podcast today. But before I do, I I need to say this. We built this to steal a line from the Romney campaign that they're not going to need anymore. We built this. 
the breakthroughs that we saw this week, including the election of Tammy Baldwin to the U.S. Senate from the state of Wisconsin, first gay person in the U.S. Senate, we built this. Lesbian, gay, bi, and trans people came out. Speaking of bi, the election of the first openly bi person to the United States Congress last Tuesday. We came out. We fought back. We really did change the world. We have a fuck of a lot left to do. We got to repeal DOMA. We got to pass ENDA. We have unfinished business with Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Trans people are still barred from serving in the military. And we have the rights of queers around the world to think about and defend and fight for. But lesbian, gay, bi, and trans people have made such tremendous progress since Stonewall. It has gotten better for us because we came out and we fought to make it better because we demanded better from ourselves, from our families, from our communities, from our leaders. La-di-da. The end. Period. But now I got to say this. Uh, I got to say something to straight people. All queer people. I think right now, this week in the United States, there's something we need to say to straight people and that something is thank you. I know so many straight people in Washington state where I live who worked unbelievably hard on the campaign to win marriage equality for their gay and lesbian friends, family members, neighbors. I know straight people in all four states who voted, who gave money, who worked phone banks, who knocked on doors, who pounded the pavement all in an effort to make it possible for same-sex couples to marry. Queer people, gays and lesbians, we are a tiny percentage of the population. And we laid the groundwork for the breakthroughs we saw last week in Maine, Maryland, Washington, and Minnesota. We built this. But we didn't build it on our own. The majorities in the state legislatures in Maine, Maryland, and Washington that voted to make same-sex marriage legal, straight. The governors who signed those bills into law, straight. The overwhelming majority of the people who voted in favor of marriage equality in all three states after anti-gay bigots forced public referendums on our civil rights, the majority of those voters, straight. The majority that voted against writing anti-gay bigotry into Minnesota state constitution last week, straight. And the president who took a huge political risk and came out for marriage equality before his re-election campaign, straight. It has gotten better for us, better, not perfect. But it hasn't gotten better for us in a vacuum. It has gotten better for us because straight people have gotten better about us. Rights are rights. They shouldn't be put up for a vote and we shouldn't have to say thank you when our rights are recognized. But the sad fact is that we have had to fight for our rights. But there is a happy fact and it's really hard for me to talk about this without getting weepy. The happy fact is we are no longer fighting for our rights alone. We have help. Thousands and thousands of straight people stood with us and fought for us. We built this. We had help. We didn't have to do it on our own. And that's what I think we should thank the straight people for. We queers, all the queers out there listening, not for granting us our rights, rights, our rights, our rights. We should thank them for joining our fight. You know, last week on Slog, my blog – the group blog at The Stranger that I'm a part of, I floated the idea of having a great big party for all the straight people who came through for us in Maine and Maryland and Minnesota and Washington State. But how do you fit all those straight people into a ballroom? And you know, planning a party like that, the logistics would be terrible. When could everybody agree on one night to get together to thank all the straight people? And I don't mean like thanks somebody for voting our way. That's literally the least you could do, the fill out the little oval for equality. Uh, I'm talking about the, the straight people I'm thinking are the ones who gave money, who, who volunteered their time, who worked the phone banks, who went door to door. The straight people went above and beyond the call 
How do we get them all together in a ballroom to thank them? We can't. They won't all fit in a ballroom. 30, 40 years ago, the straight people on our side could have fit in a phone booth. Today we can't fit, even just in Seattle, the straight people on our side in the biggest venue in the state. So here's what I'm proposing. Queers, gays, lesbians, bisexual, transgendered people who can hear my voice. If you know a straight person who went above and beyond the call, gave the money, pounded the pavement, worked the phone banks, I want you to take a picture of that person, maybe a picture of yourself or your family with that person, that straight person. Write a few words about what they did and go to www.straightupthanks.tumblr.com and post that picture and post that story and thank that straight person for what they've done for us, for you, for your family, for themselves too. It is better even for straight people to live in a world where gay people are treated equally. So they did it for us. They did it for themselves. But I really do think that we should be polite and say thank you. You know, I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about National Coming Out Day, right? Some of us joke every October 11th that we have no one left to come out to. Who am I going to tell that I'm gay? Who doesn't know that I'm gay? I'm going to find somebody who's been in a coma for 20 years and tell them that I'm gay. Not every gay person has somebody that they can come out to. But I think, particularly in the wake of this last week, every gay person in America knows someone that they can thank. We saw a huge breakthrough in the struggle for LGBT equality last week. And it would not have happened without the help of so many righteous, kick-ass, straight people. Every queer person who can hear my voice right now knows a straight person that they should thank. I certainly do. Thank them in a very public way. Go to www.straightupthanks.tumblr.com. Click on submit a post, share a photo, and thank a straight ally because we literally couldn't have done it without them. Your call's after this. This episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. For a limited time only, Adam and Eve will let you pick three free adult DVDs with your order. Just go to AdamandEve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Wrecked is a brand new, totally independent online comedy that is smart, funny, and sex positive. The Bainbridge Review called it the kind of show that 20-somethings tell their parents they aren't mature enough to watch. The show airs new episodes every Monday at WreckedTheSeries.com. That's Wrecked. W-R-E-C-K-E-D, theseries.com. Hi, Dan. I'm a 21-year-old gay man from Michigan, and I have a question about coming out. I want to come out to my dad's extended family, but he doesn't seem to want me to. I just gave him a call because we have a family event tonight, and he told me that if I'm going to do that, they're all going to talk about me and then and that maybe he would reconsider having me go tonight. I live with my mom and he would be the only way I could get there. And he's the only contact I have with that side of the family. So I was just wondering what I should do. Should I go with his wishes? All of my other family knows. My other side of the family has a lesbian cousin and she kind of paved the way for understanding there, I guess. Um, all my friends know. Everyone else knows. So I was just wondering, what should I do about it? You're 21 years old. You're not 14 years old, and you're not 10 years old, and you don't need your father's permission or assistance in coming out to your extended family. Maybe your dad's going to have a little temper tantrum and not want to take you to this family gathering, lest your big disclosure dominate the conversation, which is just 
bullshit. Your father is still in the closet. He's still in the closet about having a gay son. Uh, and it's your job now since he's not doing what a responsible parent does when their kid comes out, which is turn around and then come out on the kid's behalf to the rest of the family, to extended family members, to people you rarely see, to run that interference, to do his part. Uh, you're going to have to make an end run around your dad. Uh, I assume, like all 21-year-old queers and straight people on this planet, that you are on social media, that you are on Instagram, that you are on Facebook. Just come out on Facebook. I assume if you're on Facebook that you are Facebook-friendly with your extended family, with your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, with the people that will be at this event. Um, if dad didn't take you, go the fuck around your father. Make an end run around your father. Come out to everyone on Facebook. Uh, and then your dad can't whine and bitch and moan and complain anymore or try to control you, which is what he's trying to do with this really fucking piss ant low-rent minor league threat. Oh, I'm not going to drive you there if you do that. Whatever the fuck, dad. Come out to your family. Come out to your extended family. Come out to them on Facebook. If you have phone numbers, start calling people. And then you can turn around to your father and say, ah, not an issue anymore. That conversation you were worried about us having at this family event or some future family event, that conversation is already over. So stop being a fucking pussy, dad, and start being a fucking ally. Hey, Dan. Um, so I'm a 26-year-old straight male uh, living uh, on the East Coast. So I'm in kind of an awkward situation with a friend of mine, uh, a guy I know. Um, basically, uh, he's, he's a good friend, and we went to a Halloween party last night, and it was great. We, everyone had a good time. Um, but there was a thing, and it's kind of a complex situation. Uh, basically, he kind of fucked me over. He kind of cock-blocked me, and I don't like using that term because it sounds like a fat boy thing, but here's what happened. So we're going there, and he knows... Um, that there's this girl that I've been really wanting to hook up with and that I'm sort of focusing, you know, honing in on her. And she seemed to like me too. And over the course of the party, she and I are talking and that's great. And, at this, and this, my friend is a, a bit of an insecure person. Uh, the two of us, he's very much, um, you know, he needs a lot of support. And, you know, he, he's insecure about his looks and about how women like him. And, and out of the two of us, uh, it is just constantly acknowledged and joked about that I'm a little more conventionally attractive. And so I try not to make him feel bad and all that. I always try to be supportive and try to help him, and, you know. So as I'm, you know, trying to talk to this girl, I'm also um, kind of really making an effort to help him and this, you know, and this other woman hook up by basically talking him up to this other woman. And I, and I did a really good job of it because she was waiting for him and she was like, oh, cool, when he comes back out, we'll talk, you know, whatever. So as this is happening, I see him speaking to the woman that he knows I was honing in on. She wants to be alone with me, but so what happened is she and I and, and my friend are in this room, um, and she and I are both kind of waiting for him to leave, but he won't leave. I'm texting him, you know, from the other side of the room, like, hey, can you spray him? Because I want to hook up. And he, he didn't. He, like, kind of wouldn't fucking go, and I got really pissed about it afterwards, because when it happened... He was there because he believed he had a shot with her, and he didn't. She wasn't into him. She was just being polite, and it was this awkward situation where I had to kind of play along with it. And then afterwards, um, he, you know, I left him alone, and he didn't hook up with her. Nothing happened, and and now he kind of just kind of fucked up my night. So uh, he knew what was going on. And and so my question for you, Dan, is how do I handle expressing to him how pissed I am that he did that? Uh, because it felt like a bit of a betrayal. And this is like high school crap and we're grown men and I feel like he kind of just was really selfish. 
You just should have spoken the fuck up. You say you and this girl were both waiting for him to leave and you were texting leave. Why didn't you say out loud leave or turn to the girl and say, hey, let's go someplace where we can be alone and then let the chips fall where they may. What was he going to say then? If you said we want to be alone, what's he going to say? You were being hemmed in by social convention, which you know dictates that you can't be too direct in a situation like that because that would be what? Rude. And it's not a good thing to be rude. But what was he being? He was being rude. And you were too inhibited to be rude right back. Rude in a retaliatory way, in an appropriate way. Less rude than he was being but still rude. Direct. It would have felt like you were being rude and you're clearly a hand-wringing, sensitive kind of guy. But you had every right to tell him to fuck the fuck off at that moment. Uh, so he needs to apologize and you need to look inside and you need to resolve that if this situation ever presents itself again, you will speak up directly in a calm voice and ask your friend to go the fuck away. And if he doesn't go the fuck away, you grab the girl's hand and you two run the fuck away. Honeytoad Studio is a new production company focused on the emerging relationship between content creators and internet audiences. Wrecked is being released for free without ads and under Creative Commons licenses so viewers can download and share episodes as much as they like. Wrecked is a lewd, cynical comedy centered around a woman whose life has just fallen apart. She's struggling to find a new job while her best friend struggles to find her a new boyfriend. To support the show or just to watch another hilarious video, go to kickstarter.com and search for Wrecked Season 2. To watch the show, go to wreckedtheseries.com. That's wreckedtheseries.com. Hi, Dan. Um, I am a 29-year-old bisexual woman. Um, I've been with my partner for a, a male, actually, for a little over five years. And we've had a very... I, Guess kind of a, a vanilla sexual relationship, but a really great sexual relationship. Um, it's not super kinky, but we we have great chemistry and a great love for each other. And um, I, during this time, um, now and again, I fooled around with girls. Um, he's not okay with that, and it's been it's caused problems for us here and there. I work with a bunch of really sexy females. Um, they're all young and slutty and they like to party and dance. And I have more of a domestic lifestyle, so I kind of stay away from it. But um, in the last three years that I've had this job, I've made um, a connection with one of the girls that I work with. And in the past, I've, I've had sex with her and cheated on my boyfriend once. It's been, that was a year and a half ago. Um, I did tell him about it. He handled it fairly well. Um, every once in a while, he'll still bring it up, you know, because I still work with her. However, recently, she brought up our hookup, and we were flirting, and it came up, you know, that we we thought it might be fun to have a threesome. I've mentioned it to him, and he's just kind of acting, you know, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say yes or no. I don't want to get in trouble. He's playing it really safe. He doesn't seem super interested. You know, in the past, like, this girl has been a sore subject with us, but I think this might be a way to kind of mend our, our history. Um, and then also, I'll get to have sex with a girl that I'm, I find very sexually attractive. So my, my question is this. In the last two days while we've been planning this, this threesome, the first threesome that he and I will ever have, he's saying he's okay with it. He's going along with it. Last night, we were sleeping together, 
And I was going down on him, and we were kind of vocalizing a little bit, you know, what the plan was going to be for this weekend. And his dick went soft, which never happened. You know, a couple minutes later, I was looking at him in the face, and we connected on that one-on-one level, and he came immediately. So I, I just, I don't think he's ready, and he's saying nothing in either direction, and I really don't know how to go about it. Am I being a selfish asshole? Like, I, I feel like I am because I want to have sex with this girl and include him. And um, is he just scared? I, I really don't know if I should move forward on this or not. She and I are really excited about it. He seems not as excited, but is going along with it. And everything's supposed to go down this weekend. Uh, is the three-way still on? Yep, yep. She actually texted me this morning and asked if we were still on and... All systems are a go, I guess. Yeah, I think it's a big mistake. Oh, really? Because it sure sounds like your uh, boyfriend is agreeing to this three-way kind of under duress. He realizes that he can have you but only if he puts up with this, only if he's willing to swallow this. Now – you know, sometimes people have that first three-way under duress to please their partner. They're not particularly happy about it. Mm-hmm. And during that three-way, that first three-way, they kind of have a breakthrough. They kind of see with their own eyes that sex with another person can just be sex and it isn't necessarily about love and what you do – you two are to each other is something more than just this friendly recreational rolling around that involved this other person. Mm-hmm. But often, more often in those sorts of uh, under duress three-ways – the partner who is having the three-way under duress is shattered by it. So I'd say there's like a 90, 80, 90 percent chance this is going to be a disaster and a 10 percent chance, 20 percent chance that this is going to be awesome. And my question for you well, is are you willing to roll those dice and risk your relationship? Well, no, no. I mean I don't think I'm so selfish uh, with the, you know – with my desire to be with women that I would risk it. We've, we've been together for five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a great relationship. Um, we were off and on for one year, and when we had just gotten right back together after that off and on year, um, it was my birthday actually, and I, I technically I cheated on him with, actually with the same girl and one other girl, and it upset him. It didn't upset him that much, but it upset him enough to where he still brings it up. Um, and and when I asked it's him, possible. It's possible. You know, him getting something out of this, like he gets to fuck this other girl too. Uh, could be, you know, the balm in Gilead that he needs to be okay with you being by, and you know, it could it could be the the thing that makes the cheating in retrospect kind of not cheating anymore because it involved him and sort of mm-hmm. retroactively rounds it up to okay. But from what you, the very little you've said about him, you talked a lot about her and how your relationship with her and how excited she is and how you two are both into it, and you spoke very little about him and how he he wasn't. Yeah, he didn't really, I mean, I'd mentioned it to him, and he kind of just gave me a look like, I'm staying out of it, it's whatever you want to do. Okay, and, now let's, let's um, play the great know. big gender swap here and pretend that he has the vagina and you have the dick, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody would be jumping up and down, everyone listening right now would be jumping up and down about your girlfriend, if you were the guy and he had the vagina, your girlfriend only agreeing to this because she's been socialized as a woman to defer and not to say no to you because you're the man in the mm-hmm. relationship and she's not happy about this. We would be reading all this kind of gendered politics stuff into this situation. That could very well be true even though you have the vagina and he has the dick in this situation. 
And I think that might be a little bit. But when I asked him, last night we actually had our first conversation about this where he was in the conversation and not just being kind of passive in it. And I asked him what happened the other night, you know, when he lost the direction because that never happens with him. And he started laughing and he said he started thinking about the logistics of it. You know, what if he makes a faux pas or, you know, what is appropriate and what's not appropriate? He said he, he, he literally said it sounds like a lot of work. Like he's going to have to clean, clean, clean up the house a little bit more. It is a lot. Of work. <laughs> it is a lot of work. And you, and you guys need to do. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Besides, like straighten the fuck up, which I, I think you should do whether or not you're having sex with other people. I think people should keep their houses in relatively good order. Um, but I'm a fascist. Uh, you know, there's work you have to do in advance of a three way. You guys need to talk about what's okay. What is going to happen? You need to script it. You need to plot it out. Is it okay if this happens? Is it okay if we do this? Are you okay with him having? penetrative vaginal intercourse with her. Is he okay with you guys for a while rolling around with just each other? What happens if somebody starts to feel left out? Who gets to pull the emergency brake? You do, he does, and your third does. And what you have to say in advance about the emergency brake is if you pull the emergency brake, uh, we will stop and no one's in trouble. You know, we can stop. Mm-hmm. We can take a break. We can resume if everyone's cool. But you can pull an emergency brake, call a halt, call it, call an end, say this is over. And I'm not going to be mad. And you have to hew to that then if he in the moment can't go through with it or gets his fifis hurt or you get yours yeah. or she gets hers. You got you to gotta plot out exactly what's going to happen. Then you got to stick to it. No pushing at boundaries, particularly in that first three-way. No t- attempts to renegotiate what's on the menu in that first three-way because it will violate his sense of trust and safety. Right? He's not really – yeah, no, he's, he's really not making any rules. He keeps saying – Oh, my God. This is disaster three-way. Oh, my God. This really? is like the Poseidon oh, adventure of no. three-ways. You guys are going to sink okay. your fucking relationship. You've got to have rules. You've got to have a plot. You've got to have what's on the menu, what's off the menu, what's agreed to, what are you comfortable with, you're not comfortable with. What he if and you, I have had that conversation and then I expressed wait, wait, to him wait, what wait, she and whoa, I – Whoa, 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 whoa. She and you had that conversation? Initially, yes. And you, but because you and I he have her. not. You and your partner have not had that conversation. Well, well, we did last night. See, initially, you know, he wasn't there when she and I were talking about this. I came home with a big smile on my face. I told him about it. And he kind of gave me a look like, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. But he didn't. But he didn't say no. Is he, is he not in the habit of saying no to you? Is he generally pretty like whatever it is that you want? Okay, okay. I mean, yeah, but yeah. not because uh, he would say, he would say, I, I, he often says I'm the alpha in the relationship. If we were a pack of dogs, I would be the head wolf. And I don't like that necessarily. I don't want that necessarily. Oh, you don't like I, that? Really? I don't. No, I think I you don't. do. I think you do. Hey, I'm I'm down with that. Like I'm in some ways I'm the alpha in my relationship and some other ways Terry is. But it's good to be the alpha. It's good to get your way. It's a lot of responsibility, and right, I, but you're I don't not, have a okay. problem. You know. It is a lot of responsibility, and you haven't taken responsibility for this. You need to – I'm not saying cancel it forever. You need to not do this this weekend. You need to push this off at least a week so that you and he can have a much more explicit conversation and you as alpha order him to open up, draw him out and say, I don't want to do this if it's going to ruin our relationship or make you feel used or shattered or – uh, you know, if in the in the wake of it, like how are you going to feel, Alpha Dog, in the wake of it if he's a mess and he's really, really sad? You're going to feel yeah, terrible. Yeah, no, I know. Right? Right. So well, he doesn't do wear his emotions on his sleeve. And last night I, I, I 
So you don't want to do that. You don't want to do this to yourself either. Not only do you not want to do this to him, you don't want to do this to yourself. Because if it goes terribly and it will, you're going to be hurt too, Alpha Dog. Yeah. I'm not saying never. Well, yeah, I don't want to jeopardize my relationship. And you are right now. So I'm not saying never do this, but I'm saying you guys need to talk about it. And he's a dude. He has a dick. He may be, you know, the beta dog or whatever the opposite of the Alpha Dog is. Um, in this relationship, but he's still a dude. He's still a dude with a dick. I'm sure he'd like a chance to bang, you know, your hot snatch and some other girl's hot snatch too, and have this sort of that ultimate straight guy fantasy of the three way with the two hot bi chicks. I'm sure he's down with that on some level. Almost all straight guys are, but right. emotionally, it doesn't sound like he's in a place where he feels safe. He might, if you really yeah, draw I him out, what, what might come out of him if you really draw him out is I'm into this, but not with her. That could very well be the case, too. I know he, I mean, one of the reasons I feel safe with her is because I know he thinks she's physically attractive but can't stand her personality. What are you doing? Oh my God. Everything (laughs) I get out of you is just like, eh, 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 no, no, no. You want to fuck this girl. Yes, you should fuck this girl, but you can't. Make you know what you're doing is you're justifying fucking this girl by saying I want to fuck her so bad I know she my partner doesn't like her, but if I order my partner to fuck her too, then I can fuck her, and he'll do whatever I tell him to. Come basically, on, he's basically given me the rule that I can't be with girls behind his back that he has to be involved. So. Knowing that, I then broke the subject of a threesome with her, and she was really excited about it. Right, great, great. She, go uh, find a girl he's attracted to. Go find a girl he likes. You cheated on him with this girl. She cheated on – she slept with you knowing that you were with him. So he kind of, she was violating him too. Yeah. And he's physically attracted to her. He may be able to look at the shell and go, yeah, hot. But he doesn't feel emotionally safe with her, and he doesn't like her as a person. Wrong third. Damn it. What? You're to- you're right. No, you're totally right. This is why I called you is because I think I knew this and I just was kind of excited at the prospect. But I and you know what? Maybe if you can nail a couple three ways, really stick the dismounts and the mounts with another girl or some other girls, and, and he sees that you're really thoughtful and really being careful about him and your relationship and what he means to you. Who knows? In a, you know, six months or a year, he may sign off on you getting with this girl alone without him. Or he may warm to her once he sees what three ways are like. You know, one, you know, maybe having three ways with other girls may help him move past whatever anger he has about her and what he what she meant. Because he may come then in the end to see her as the reason your sex life and his sex life took off in a new and very exciting direction. If she was the impetus, even if she wasn't your very special guest star at that first three way, mm-hmm. he may come to feel some affection for her. Some affection for her may awaken in him that isn't doesn't exist right now because he's still angry and hurt about what happened before. But if yeah. she sort of talismanically becomes the reason why you guys are having these amazing, exciting three ways with other girls, he may warm to her and then you may have this three way that you want. But if you have this three way that you want with her and him right now, you're going to fuck your relationship up. Yeah, that's what I don't want. That's not worth it. So let the record show that Dan Savage talked somebody about <laughs> having a three way. That doesn't happen very often. Well, we've been together for five years, Dan, and I've never had the the balls to like even make these plans 
you know, like get this far. We, we've just, we've talked about it, but not that often, he and I. Okay, just call him right and sexual. say, we're going to do this sometime, and, but not with her. And see what he says. See how he reacts or go okay. talk to him. You know, I think a three-way would be really great. I think it would be really fun. It would be great for our relationship and our sexual connection. It would feed our fire, but not with her, huh? And see what he says. And he's probably going to be so relieved and so grateful. And then you two go find somebody else. All right. You're right. Okay. Thank you, Dan. Nice talking to you. you, you you're you an alpha dog, but you're clearly thoughtful and you clearly have a conscience and we were able to reach it. Okay? And you clearly – I want to give you props. You do value your relationship enough to see through – you know, to see through your own dick. You're, you got a dick, lady. You, you're, you're thinking with your dick. But right now you saw past your dick. You're thinking not just with your dick anymore, not just with your clit anymore. And you're seeing the damage you could do. And you're going to call this off. So props to you. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. For a limited time only, Adam and Eve will let you pick three free adult DVDs with your order. Go to adamandeve.com and order almost any one item at 50% off. Choose a new adult toy, lube, or almost anything from over 18,000 adult products. Then at checkout, enter offer code SAVAGE and you'll get to choose three free adult DVDs. That's right. You get to choose your own DVDs. Plus, receive a free mystery gift and free shipping on your entire order. Choose from all kinds of genres for both gay and straight folks. And now you can also shop on your mobile phone at Adam and Eve. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hi, Dan Savage. I'm getting harassed by a phone-calling masturbator man. Um, it's a private number, so I can't trace it or call them back or anything. But this person has called me probably like two dozen times in the last 24 hours, and I can hear like very obvious like man sex breathing and like hand on penis, like slapping, masturbating sounds. They're pretty unmistakable. Um, so I guess this is like a thing, and he is loving that I'm answering the phone. Actually, I stopped answering the phone because um, it was starting to annoy me. But how do I make him stop calling? What do I say? Is there anything I can say or is just saying anything going to encourage him? Um, I don't really care if he, this is something he likes to do. I just don't want to be the recipient of these calls. You're doing the right thing. Stop taking his calls. He'll move on. He'll get bored. Uh, assuming he's not someone who's in your life. Um, sometimes people are, are harassed this way. Women almost always and invariably women are harassed this way by men they know, uh, men in their social circle, men they know at work. Uh, and those guys tend to be more persistent because you're a presence in their life. But this guy, if it's just phone calls, is probably just some perv who randomly was calling numbers and gotcha. Uh, and you answered the phones for a while. Maybe you, you, know, you answered. You yelled at him. That kind of negative attention is attention. A phone that is never answered, uh, he'll give up and move on. If he doesn't give up and move on, I hate to say this, you might have to change your phone number. It's a pain in the ass. Uh, but it's a proactive step that you can take. The pain in the ass is you have to let everybody know and send your phone number out to everybody on your contact list all over again. And then if the calls start coming right away, then you know it's someone on your contact list, which is very disturbing. Uh, but I would wager that this is a stranger who is cold calling people until he gets a pretty voice. And then he comes at you and comes at you and comes at you until he gets bored and goes away because he's not getting any attention, negative or positive. So just give him no attention. If it doesn't drop off, change your phone number. 
Hey, Dan. Um, this is a heterosexual male uh, living uh, on the East Coast. I went on, on a date with this woman about, uh, oh, and for the record, I'm 26. I don't know if that's a factor. We're both in our 20s, me and this woman. Um, went on a date about six months ago, and it, we had a great, great date for like the first two and a half hours of it. Everything was going wonderfully. We were enjoying each other's company. Um, and we were attracted to each other. We were making out. We were, it was great. Uh, really intellectually stimulating. Just a, a, a great catch, this girl. Um, but sort of, we got a few beers in us, and um, basically, at, towards the end of the date, I think she was getting a little uncomfortable because I, I think maybe I was a little drunker than she was. I was, and I wasn't being, you know, an outright bastard or anything. I was just being a little handier than I think she was comfortable with. Um, and she, you know, didn't want to have sex on the first date, and I was totally cool with that. But I was, you know, just kind of making out with her, probably <laughs> to the point where she was like, "Hey, you want to go back to talking?" You know. But I was, I was, um, kind of a little more of a raunchier version of myself, and and then yeah, I think the charm of it kind of wore out after, like, you know, a little while of it. So I stayed over. She had me sleep in her bed, um, and you know, I, you know, nothing happened. Um, but the, the next morning, you know kissed her goodbye, and she seemed, you know, kind of ready to be done with me. And it's, uh, two or three days later, I texted her or I called or something, and she, she messaged me back and said, um, I had a really nice time, but I don't think I'm interested in seeing you again. So I was like, all right. Uh, really, I was really disappointed, though, because unlike every other date I've been on, like, that year, and, and, and really every date I've been on since, uh, you know, for the past six months, um, she's been the most promising uh, person. I mean, she's just like, I just really, really liked her. And I felt really bad about how I kind of fucked up what was going really well. So we, you know, didn't end it on bad terms. She didn't say you're a creep and I didn't say you're a bitch or anything. We just kind of were like, okay, well, she's not interested. But I kind of want to message her and be like, hey, uh, what you saw wasn't really who I am. And I kind of feel like maybe I kind of fucked up what was going really well. So I'd like another chance, you know? And I realized it'd been like six months, you know? Um, but I, I don't know. I, I realized I had nothing to lose by just sending her a message. It's not like we have friends in common who she's going to tell or uh, I'm, I'm, I'm weird or anything. It's just, I don't know. I just wondered what your opinion on it. Do you think that that's kind of stupid of me or weird? Or do you think I should just kind of go for it and send her an affectionate message and be like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm better than that. And I would never want to make you uncomfortable and give me another shot. Maybe we can go out again and start fresh. I would never want to make you uncomfortable. Famous last words. Look, uh, you came on too strong and you were a creep and you kind of spooked her and she told you to fuck the fuck off. Um, you blew it. So own it, suck it up, fool. You blew it. You were thinking with your dick and you, you got out of control and you fucking blew it. Now, now what do you do? You know, you could text her. She asked you, you know, that night that you were with her, you came on too strong, right? Maybe you didn't take no for an answer. You were a gropey, creepy version of yourself. Um, you weren't reading her cues, which were, whoa, slow down there, buster. And because of that, she doesn't want anything to do with you. So what do you do now? She sent you a cue, another cue in that text, which was basically, fuck the fuck off. And are you going to misread that cue? Are you going to come roaring back at her like you did that night, that night that she concluded that you were not someone she wanted to date because of the way you were behaving, the, the way you were ignoring uh, the physical and perhaps even verbal cues that she was sending you? Are you going to do that again? Are you going to make that same mistake again and expect a different response from her? That's 
crazy. That's your dick thinking uh, and talking. That's not your brain. I will stand in now for your brain. Here's what you do. Um, you have friends in common. This isn't some stranger that you're never going to see again. This wasn't like a chance meeting. This wasn't a bar pickup. Uh, this is someone that's in your social circle. Don't say uh, what you saw wasn't who I am. Let her see that. Don't say – don't text her. Don't call her and say, you know, what you saw that night isn't really who I am. Let her see that what she saw that night really isn't who you are. If you are in the same social circle, there will be times again in the future where you two will have cause to interact socially. Interact with her socially in a, in a way that respects that end, that period she put at the end of the sentence when she said fuck the fuck off. Maybe if she sees you take that no for an answer, that fuck off for an answer, she may reconsider. She's not going to reconsider if you make the same mistake now that you made in her apartment that night, which is being the creep who doesn't know how to read verbal or physical cues and goobs people out. But if you can interact with her socially, pleasantly, if you move on, if you treat this like a blown opportunity um, and as if you have no chance but you're going to make the best to power through the awkwardness and just be civil and kind and courteous and a, a nice person to her and a friend of a friend to her, she may reconsider. You text her now. You call her now. You beg and plead now. She is not going to reconsider. You have to go forth from this moment as if you have no shot with this woman but you're going to be good and nice and decent and kind because uh, you don't have a shot with this woman right now. The only person – in whose power it is to determine if you ever have a shot with this woman again is this woman. And that's about her changing her mind about you. The only way you can get her to change her mind about you is not to make the same fool fucking mistake you made that night. So don't. Move on. Be over it. If she taps you on the shoulder one day because she has seen that you aren't the dick that she thought that you were that night, Yahtzee. If she never taps you on the shoulder, there are other women in the world and you should resolve never to make this same mistake again. Hi, Dan. How are you, female, straight, South Florida? So, I have a question. My really, really hot um, fuck buddy from the beginning would enjoy ass play for him. And a little bit of penetration, you know, fingers, whatever, while getting him oral, etc. And he's very fond of anal and so am I, etc. Um, and then, um, he's letting me use toys on him, too. Uh, vibrators, you know, that sort of thing. Well, yesterday we had a very hot time where instead of him being the dominant, he let me take over that role, and we certainly had a hard go at his ass yesterday. It was super hot. He came, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The question I have for you is in regards to straight guys and pegging, because he asked me, because I told him, like, oh, we need to repeat that again, possibly even a bigger one. And um, he was down for it, and then he he told me that he wanted me to use a strap-on. Now, I have a question. I'm not close-minded enough to assume that every guy that's into pegging is bi or whatever, but I kind of have this feeling that it's not his first time, or and I don't know if he if he's into dudes, and I just wonder. Oh my God, if he has a second somewhere in there, dude that is giving him some anal, I need to see this. 
I just don't know how to bridge the topic. Is that wrong of me to assume that a stray guy that's into, um, you know, ass play and then pegging and really wants a strap on might be by? And if I'm not completely wrong, how do I bridge the topic? Because uh, I really would like to see or be part of it. I mean, if these are bi guys, would they want to have some pussy in the middle there too? Or is this going to be like one of those things where they compartmentalize their sexual escapades or whatever else? <sighs> Give me a heads up. Tell me what to do. He could be bi. Anybody could be bi. Uh, straight guys, straight identified guys who've been with their wives forever who have only ever had missionary position sex could very well be bi. Uh, I would hope though that somebody who is comfortable enough with you to initiate anal play, uh, penetrative anal play, initiate pegging and ass fucking and strap on dildos, that you're comfortable enough with him to say, hey, are you bi? No, because if you are, that's awesome. That's really fun and exciting. If you're not, like I get it. Some straight guys like ass play too. Some straight guys like to get fucked in the ass by girls wearing strap-on dildos and there's nothing gay about that. If a girl is doing it with a guy, it's heterosexual sex, whatever's happening. But you know what's happening between your ears? Because if what's going on between your ears is a little bit bi, I think that's fun and exciting. Just say it like that and he may react positively. I'm sure – that if this guy digs ass play, that he's been asked this question before, he may even thought about it himself a little bit and come to a, a, a conclusion about it. Most of the guys that I know who are straight, who like ass play, who write me every day have had th that moment where they think, am I gay? Am I bi? What does this mean? And they are they're pretty articulate and thoughtful about that it doesn't mean that they're gay. That what's exciting for them is about doing this with a girl, the ones who are straight who want to do this with a girl. What's exciting is, you know, the transgressiveness, the inversion of roles, and that's all really tied to the opposite gender nature of what the fuck is going on at that moment when they're getting their ass plowed by a girl. But some of them are bi. He could be bi. If he's asked you to fuck his ass, I think you have a right to ask him if he's bi. And then accept if he says he isn't, that he's telling you the truth. And we're going to leave it there. But before we go, before we sign off, top of the show, I was talking about the straight people we needed to thank, encouraging you to go to straightupthanks.tumblr.com, which Terry called today when we talked about it, the anti-It Gets Better project, not in that it's anti-gay or anti-bullying, anti in that you know, the It Gets Better project, a lot of queer people talking about the straight people who abused them and bullied them and failed them. Uh, and this is about queer people talking about the straight people who came through for them, came through for us, came through for our families. So go there. Thank them. But before we go, I want to thank Nancy Hartunian who is the producer of the Savage Lovecast and someone I've known for 22 years. And Nancy uh, – you know, she handles, she's the one who listens to everybody's calls as they come in. She makes the podcast happen. Uh, she makes the Savage Lovecast train run on time. And she's got two children uh, who are both in school. One's very young. And you made time, Nancy made time uh, to phone bank for uh, the approved 74 campaign here in Washington State, which legalized gay marriage, which as of – I'm going to cry when I talk about this – as of December 9th, thanks to – Nancy's efforts and the efforts of so many queer people and so many straight allies as of December 9th, Terry and I will be legally married in our home state. And I wanted to say thank you. Oh, quick crying, you big baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, you – when we were talking in the campaign, you talked about how you felt it was important for straight people to, to do the phone banking and to make the calls. And why did you feel that way? What was – Well, 
partly it was because it's it's easier for straight folks to make the call because we don't have all of the baggage that you guys have, unfortunately. I'm sorry <laughs> to have to say that. And then also the other thing that was – it's just like sort of horrible to have to face is the fact that a lot of the people that I was talking to are squicked out by gay people, which just felt really ugly. But I was able to say, hi, I'm safe. I'm a straight person and I have – you know, I'm married and I have kids. You don't have anything to fear from me. And mm-hmm. I support the cause. It made you very effective as an advocate it in that did. moment because you could did. just talk straight person to straight person and seem impartial and seem like you know you had nothing to gain from the passage of R seventy four. Well, I must disagree with that. What did you gain? Oh, so much. I mean, I mean, this is really corny, but none are free until all are free, and you know, all my friends and neighbors, so many of them are gay, and so it it just is like walking around with an injustice all around us, it, and that feels bad and. We can't let that stand. I mean, it, we're all in this together. I, I've always felt that way. So, yeah. Well, on behalf of all gay people everywhere, <laughs> I want to say thank you. And I want to say you're welcome for what you did because it was it was above and beyond the call, and you've been minimizing it. You know, every time I talk to you when we're not recording, you're like, "Oh, pshaw, pshaw, pshaw." It wasn't a big deal. It was, you know, I just did some phone banking. That was huge. Everybody, and I know a lot of people here, Carrie and Brendan and Bethany and other folks at the Stranger who phone banked, uh, organized phone banks. Um, and I know I've heard so many stories from straight people who flipped people. You know, I'm going to say it like this and it's going to make me cry. On behalf of Terry, my husband, and DJ, our son, who was so uh, uncharacteristically emotionally present the day after the vote, we had a big talk over pancakes the next morning about what it meant for him and his family uh, to be – equal in Washington state and hopefully equal across the country soon, uh, I want to say thank you. Thank you for what you did for us. We really appreciate it. And uh, if you go to www.straightupthanks.tumblr.com, you will see that Nancy's picture is the very first one on the site. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you want to record a call, question or comment for a future show, give us a buzz, 206 201 2720. The Savage Lovecast is produced every week by kick-ass, righteous, awesome, wonderful, straight person, Nancy Hartunian, and me and the tech savvy at Risk Youth. We'll be back at you next week with Nancy and another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading.